Welcome, everybody. Uh, this is Brian Altunian, co-host of Just Two Dads and Sean and Francis. I am Sean Francis, co-host of Just Two Dads. <laughs> We're coming in, coming into today's episode of, uh, in, in a little slightly different setup than we normally have. But today's episode is going to be uh, incredible. We're excited to be sharing with you and introducing you for those who are viewing us live and for those who are listening to us on podcast. Welcome. Uh, today's episode is a uh, an entrepreneur who has taken her situation, her family situation, and turned it into an amazing business. So you're going to catch that today on Just Two Dads. Welcome, everybody. Great to see everybody. Well, from what I can see anyways, glad to have you all joining us. For those who are joining us, uh, this is Brian Altunian talking. We are going live on Facebook. We are also available on um, on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Oh boy, the list is the list is long. Uh, Pandora, Spotify, iHeartRadio, basically wherever podcasts are available, and also live on WSTX AM Radio in the U.S. Virgin Islands. So thank you all for tuning in and uh, and listening and sharing our our podcast with you, Sean and I started this process about, well, we've been in this conversation for about four years, but we started our Just Two Dads podcast about uh, almost a year ago. And every week we, we find ourselves in conversations with absolutely amazing warriors, amazing people who are doing things for the special needs community that uh, is so impactful. And some people come to the special needs community involuntarily. Some people come to it voluntarily. However you However, you come to the special needs community. We welcome you. We want to let you know that you are not alone. That we share the the, the work that you are going through individually with your family. And uh, today's today's episode is, I think, going to be in, incredible. It's going to be a great resource that you should know about. We were just turned on to this uh, only if only I want to say about a week ago. Um, and so we're excited to talk to our to our guest, uh, and then. Julian, I'll tell you how we how we how we how we came across you. Uh, but before we do that, I just want to welcome my co-host Sean Francis. You look very grounded and relaxed today, Sean. I am grounded, relaxed, and focused and anxious to get going. So you know, our whole <laughs> focus here is always about having guests on here so we can shine a light on them, uplift them, and empower them to um, make a greater impact on the community because that is what we do as a whole, and we strive to make sure that we make the world a better place than it was hopefully as recent as the beginning of my sentence. That takes a lot of work. And so our guest today is someone that comes to us. Uh, I'm fired up and inspired by her because it's obvious that, you know, anybody that watches this knows that Brian and I work in financial services. We decided to take a portion of the business that, that we do for the general population and focus on uh, a portion of it on the special needs community. When you dare to do something for a community to add value and you make a business out of that, it takes an extra layer of warrior to do that because it means people may question the intention behind it. People are going to be, um, you know, because people are people and everyone has different opinions. You have to be uh, pretty strong and and and, uh, and have a good sense of who you are. And our guest today is someone who uh, is that and then some. Coming from my perspective, she's relatively young, but she's a female. She's got all kinds of things against her that might say she shouldn't necessarily be in business. And we are joined today by Miss Juliana Featherman. Welcome, Juliana. Thank you guys for having me. Yes, yes, welcome. So you have created um, an 
app that essentially allows it, let me back up anyone that is familiar with the autism spectrum disorder knows that it is a challenge for those with autism to interact socially some more than others you have created an app which um provides an answer to uh, or a solution to that 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 um that problem and we'll get into that but i want to start with you know it takes a certain person to step out and do something like that. I think that the way that we each respond to the diagnosis of a loved one, whether it's a, a child of your own, a sibling, whoever the, the case might be, how we respond to those things depends on who we are. And sometimes it reveals things that we never knew were there. Sometimes it um, brings great things um, that um, we knew were there all along. We have to use talents that we were very familiar with. So we always say that those of us that are in this path are heroes in some way shape or form and every superhero has an origin so tell us about yours how you grew up and leading to your um you know uh, what created the app and eventually how it works and everything yeah sure uh so i created making authentic friendships which is an app that helps individuals with special needs to make friends my brother michael has autism and adhd he is two years younger than me currently um and yeah, it was always very difficult growing up watching him struggle in that aspect. Obviously, a lot of individuals with autism struggle with social skills, struggle with making friends, and that's something that's very hard and uncomfortable for them to do, including my brother. So growing up, I was always the cheerleader, had all these friends, had all these plans, and my brother never had that. And I always felt so bad, felt like I was leaving him behind. Um, and it truly did always like feel that way in my life. Um, until I got to college, I wanted to get involved in the community. I became the president of the Autism Awareness Club at Sacred Heart University, which is where I went to undergrad and grad school. Love them. But anyway, um, grew this club into this huge thing, and I was really good at it. And it was a ton of work, but it didn't feel like work, and I had no idea what I wanted to do with my life. And I was like, you know what? If I could just do this in the real world, that'd be great. So then I'm started thinking through things that were missing in my brother's life, things, something I could fix. And that's when I came across, you know, in my mind, the friendship thing. I'm like, well, there's gotta be individuals literally near us that are going through the same thing. We just don't have the means of connecting with them. So that's when I kind of thought, okay, an app, we can really, you know, reach very far using an app. Obviously the way the world's going is very, um, you know, technological. So I figured an app would obviously be the best route to go. And I was so naive. I had no idea what creating an app entailed. I just thought I could kind of do it. That's not the case. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's pretty much what how was, it about. Let me ask, Let me ask you this. What was your major? First of all, what was your major in school? What did you major in? I have a bachelor's in health science. Okay. Um, I was pre-OT and then occupational therapy. And then I have my MBA. In marketing now okay fantastic did your, and did your experience with your brother influence your decision to study occupational therapy yeah i mean i obviously have always had a knack for the special needs community and knew that you know i should probably work with them um although having it in my life personally definitely affected that decision because i'm like i don't know if i want to like do that every day when i have my brother at home it might be a lot um so that's kind of great for me because this business kind of does both. So I get to kind of do something from the back end that still helps these individuals, but it's not something I'm face to face with them every day. Um, 
because you know it could be a lot with my brother mm-hmm. as well um so it definitely solved both problems for me you know i i definitely want to get into the app and let people understand what the app is all about but but we're fascinated just so you know we you know we we speak to a lot of uh parents we have a lot of parents on the show and we talk about parents and children with special needs issues and the conversation always comes up especially just between sean and i but always with our guests as well is you know the 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 difference between the you know a child that has you know medical difficulties or or or, or special needs issues and then neurotypical children and so the fascinating thing and i'd love to talk a little bit more with you about this is how is is as gr- growing up now you're two years older than your brother when like i don't know if i asked this question but but your awareness of of some of the struggles that he had some of the issues that he has at what age do you remember at what age did you was it really kind of common knowledge in the in the family and and discussed and handled if that's, mm. if that's a good question i mean obviously being two years older than him i always like was aware even from a very young age, like I was smart from a young age and I always just knew something was different. Um, He was diagnosed with ADHD right away at two when he started missing his milestones. But the autism diagnosis didn't come till later in life, around eight. Um, Although nothing really changed with the diagnosis, obviously. Like we knew that, you know, he had a lot of like behavioral issues. and yeah, life with him was always challenging and still is. And as he gets older, I would say more challenging in a lot of ways. Um, you know, going so puberty and oh, it's hard. Yeah, really- no, for sure. I'm sure that you're encountering a lot of uh, <laughs> a lot of this as we get into young adulthood. But at eight eight years old and, and you're ten, um, and I know. Listen, I I have siblings as well, right? I could say that my older brother had some weird quirks when he you know growing up. Um, so. <laughs> Is it, was it, again, and I was trying to figure the, the, the words to say here, is it, was it markedly different for you? So, so you knew that, you knew that there was something a little bit different and then he was diagnosed with, with autism and then did anything shift there or is that just, okay, this is just, this is Michael and now we have an understanding. So we know how we, you know, now we can, we can, we can do some research. We can kind of figure out what autism means and, and how we, we deal with it. Like, was there a conscious shift or was that just like this was always michael this was always i mean yeah nothing really shifted because he was already in special needs classes he was already getting ot pt vision you know all of that um he was already medicated for his adhd so the autism diagnosis although we started looking at kind of a little bit of a different issue um nothing really changed um but yeah i i remember as a family us becoming more like doing walks and like doing more like awareness stuff for autism yeah. um, at that point. And that's when that all kind of started. But other than that, nothing else really changed. One last thing, Sean, then you, and then you jump in. I know I'm sort of dominating the questions here. I, no, I, just, I, I love this because we don't get a chance to talk to siblings, neurotypical siblings as much. And so, so that's why I'm, I'm always fascinated. So, and in fact, in fact, Matt, one of our, one of our viewers, they asked, how did you, keep the inclusion with him, with your friends. And actually, that's what I was going to say. Uh, finding friends at 10 years old, uh, you know, friends, friendships for you probably came obviously a lot easier because you were, you were already talking that it was difficult for him. But but how how did that, like, how did that change for you? Talk about a little bit about your, 
you know, your friendships, your growing up. I, the origin story for us, Sean, and I just love the, I, this, this concept. So as you're going back and just walk us through that process, because clearly we know where you are now as an adult. We're going to share that with everybody, but, but just getting up to there so people understand how that that's kind of that that's kind of where, my, where my, my question was going to go. I think I was going to ask even sort of the same thing. And if, if this comes off as two different questions, answer Brian's and ignore mine. <laughs> I was going to what I was going to say is for each of us, our situation is different, different type of special needs, different diagnosis. And then for autism, because of the spectrum, that's wide and different, too. So what I was going to ask is what are some of Michael's challenges or issues that may have inspired you to come up with the app and take that path? Because some of the things that he faces or faced when you were growing up might not be somebody else's experience, but it's be, it'd be interesting to know how you took the specific challenges that faced both him and you and you guys as a family and figured, well, let me turn this in to an app. And then I, I think like Brian is saying as well, like you got to come from a certain, you know, foundation to, to do something like that. I don't know if that's a totally different question or not. If I've just muddy. Yeah. That. I'll try to touch on both. So obviously we're so lucky. Like I, I hate talking about it because I feel like I sound so like conceited, but you know, growing up, I did have a lot of friends and I was captain of the cheer team and all of that. <laughs> my lights went off. <laughs> I was like, what happened? Did you lose power? Yeah, my lights. And going. he's okay. gone. You want me to keep going? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, so I'm very lucky. Obviously I had a lot of friends. I was captain of the cheer team, you know, friends with everyone um well liked all that so i think that really was helpful for my brother and honestly for the special needs individuals in our school in general because my friends and i were obviously always very conscious of sitting with these individuals at lunch never letting people sit alone whether they had special needs or not um never letting people sit alone at lunch being very inclusive of absolutely everyone um and this kind of ripple affected because obviously then all the whole cheer team was very involved in all this. And then the whole football team was very involved in all this. And then all of a sudden, everyone was just friends with everyone. No one ever sat alone. We were all just in on this whole inclusion thing. Um, and it was amazing. I mean, my principals, who I still talk to the, to this day, say that they've never seen a dynamic like that ever since we left, just because we kind of changed the dynamic of the whole school, making sure everyone was included. No one ever sat alone. Everyone felt you know, wanted and all that. Um, so we worked really hard to um, do that. And I was a Girl Scout up until my senior year of high school. So I got my gold award. And for my gold award, I started a club called the Anti-Bullying Club. Um, so every week, pretty much the whole cheer team and the whole football team, we would all hang out with individuals with special needs after school. And that's literally what the club was. Um, so yeah, that was really great. Um, so that's kind of where all that came from. So we're very lucky for that. My brother was never had never had any issues because of that. So thank God for that. Um, but again, all of this just I feel like in the back of my mind, like inspired me. I don't know. People say like, oh, you have a purpose in this world. Like sometimes you don't, you know, obviously figure out what it is until later in life. But and I never knew that this was my purpose. But at the same time, I feel like in the back of my head, I kind of did know. Um, and then once I got to college and saw that I could actually make a difference in that community, that's when it kind of clicked that, you know, that maybe that's my purpose. Mm. Wow. Interesting. You know? We talk a lot about inclusion in ed in education and in schools. And and uh, as I mentioned to you earlier, uh, Dan Habib, who I think may have been on the 
Zoom that you did last week. And that's Dan was a, has been a guest on our show and and uh, does a, a lot of work. Uh, first of all, he's at the University of New Hampshire um, and runs the media center for the Disability Institute. And we talk a lot about inclusion. Uh, what sounds like what you did um, at your school is unique, like to your school, and probably unique because of you. Would you say that that, or was it, or was the school looking for like you know find trying to find ways to add you know some sort of conclusion? It was you, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it wasn't okay. just me. Obviously, me and all my friends kind of were very involved in autism awareness and all of that because of my, Michael, because um, obviously they were all very close to him as well, and that's kind of where it was rooted. But um. Yeah, I mean, all of my friends are very kind and like, they're not like mean girl cheerleaders like you see in the movies, obviously, like everyone was very kind on their own, but then having Michael right. in our lives just kickstarted that for us. And, you know, it definitely was a group effort, but yeah. Beautiful. That's what, beautiful. Are some, what are some of the challenges that Michael had that, because obviously for you to create the app, even though you might not have had the, you had the heart, you had the drive, the tenacity, and which is more important than the the tech background so to speak but he obviously had certain challenges that you wanted to help address specifically so just so somebody you know that's listening on the various platforms you know might might hear what are some of the challenges that he had that or continue to have that you wanted to address specifically or wanted the app to address specifically yeah so I spoke about him, uh, you know, having trouble with social skills and, you know, autism is a wide spectrum. So some individuals aren't even verbal. He is, um, but he also isn't very verbal. Like he doesn't chat per se. Um, like he'll talk when spoken to, but he doesn't really like make conversation or anything like that, even with me or my parents. Um, it's like very uncomfortable for him, obviously struggles with eye contact, basic conversational skills, which many do struggle with. Um, so those were all things I took into consideration when creating the app. And, you know, when I talk about the features it has, one of the things we have built in is uh, conversation prompts, which I spoke with you guys about. And that's in the chat, you know, ideas of what to say and things like that. So it was very helpful for me and looking at Michael's life and, you know, knowing so well, like, oh, well, Michael would have no idea what to say to someone, um, you know, using that as putting tools into the app. And again, we have a lot of individuals with special needs in our life in general. Um, Michael's friends, people he works with, were very involved in the community. So I was, you know, going to all of them for kind of advice as well, not just Michael. Right, right. See, and that 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 might mean something to me personally, and will to to my family in the process of you know downloading the app as you speak and everything, because you know our son Elijah he turned fifteen last week. He's verbal, but there's certain things that he's not going to clearly express. He will at times speak in complete sentences in terms of what he wants. Other times they're broken up. So, um, this so that that means a lot. So so I I I thank you for that. Um. Go ahead, Brian. You were going to ask something. Yeah, no, I was just going to. So we've had the benefit of, of seeing it, but just for somebody who's never seen it, doesn't really know what the app is all about. So give us a, you know, a, a person who, who has no idea. First of all, the app can be found on now on Apple, on iOS and on Android, correct? Yeah. You just just launched a, a few months ago. And so so for somebody who's who doesn't know, give, give us sort of a 50,000 foot view of what is the what's the intention of the app and, and 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 more or less how it works and let us know how that 
came together also. Yes, I will explain it, but when I do, it sounds more complicate, complicated <laughs> than it is, I swear. Yeah. Um, so pretty much it is currently available on the iOS app store as well as the Android Google Play store. Um, for the first year, as in last year, we were web-based. So it was a website that had the capabilities of an app and that was kind of its beta, just getting it tested out, getting it in front of people, things like that. Um, and then in December, we launched on both Android and Apple as an actual app. And that's with full capabilities, obviously added features, things like that. Um, so we've been live on there for five months, uh, have, you know, a lot of success with that. But basically what we're looking at is we're matching individuals based on their age, diagnosis, interests, and geographic location. So those are the four main things we're going to be matching you on. Um, so you're going to go through the sign-up process. The first thing we're going to ask is whether a parent or caregiver is using that account or an individual is using that account. Uh, now, originally, you had to be 13 or older to create an account. But because of the privacy rules with Apple and Android, you now have to be 17 to have an account of your own. Um, so if you're under 17, your parent has to kind of take you through the sign-up process. Um, and then obviously the individual can use it with guidance from their parent, caregiver, sibling, staff, whatever it is. Um, but that's just how it has to be due to the laws of Apple and Android. Um, so that's the first question we're gonna ask. And it's kind of like, there's a lot of aspects to it because A, what I just said, you might need a parent to help you if you're under 17. B, you might need a parent to help you if you you know, have a little bit more severe needs um, where you can't do it yourself. Again, same thing. You're going to want someone to help you, obviously. And the third being um, a parent or caregiver can sign up for themselves to talk with other parent and caregivers as well. Yes. And again, yes, uh, for younger individuals, again, same thing. Like you might have a five-year-old newly diagnosed um, and that could be like a double whammy. Like you can meet up at a park with another mom or dad with a five-year-old as well. And again, so you're making a play date, you're meeting other parents, hopefully getting involved in the community. So that's the first thing we're going to ask. And again, if you're signing up as a parent, um, you're going to also, it's going to ask you how old your loved one is. So it'll say like, oh, uh, Brian signed up for his son, Michael, whatever, age 20, like whatever the case is. Sure. Um, and so then the next step is going to be asking your diagnosis. We do list about 14 right now. That's not limited to autism, although obviously that's what I talk a lot about. We have uh, users with Down syndrome, uh, CP, spinal bifida, hearing impairment, sight impairment, wheelchair, bounds, all different things. So intellectual or physical uh, we're looking at. And if your diagnosis is not listed there, there is an other option where you could type it in. Uh, and that's the only place in the whole app that you could type anything because it is developed very much like a children's app is where big buttons, lots of colors, kind of very, you know, step by step. Third, we're going to ask your interests. So again, it's a drop down menu. You're not typing, you're picking. So it's games, it's sports, it's movies. Uh, you're gonna pick three interests there. And then we're gonna ask you three things you'd like to do with a friend in the community. Again, this is like pre-COVID times, this was developed. Sure. We're looking at bowling, mini golf, arcade, restaurants, things in your community. You're going to pick three of those. And the goal is when we get past COVID, because then once you match with someone, if they both pick bowling, then we could suggest a bowling alley in your area. 
So let me let me interrupt you one second. So as I'm as I'm as I'm hearing you describe the process for signing up, would you say that this app, and again, excuse me for using the analogies, is it is it more of a of a sort of in real life social network like Facebook where you've got groups, or is it more like Match where you're just matching one to one? Is it one to many? Is it one to one? Like overall, what's the is it a is it a, like I said is it a social network or is it a is it a, a connection tool? Currently, we're matching one to one, but again, you're not going to see one ma- like one match. Uh, so once you get through the sign-up process, it's going to say suggested friends, and then it's going to be a list of individuals that are suggested friends for you based off the criteria you gave us. So that could be based off diagnosis, that could be based off zip code, that could be based off interests. Um, so you're going to see a list of people based off what you told us that we think would be a good friend match for you. Um, and then you're going to be able to talk with them one-on-one and say, hi, my name is X and you know, how are you? Get to know them in that way. One-on-one, uh, down the line, it may be more social networking. I'm not sure. Um, it's been thrown around as an idea Mm -hmm. to make it more like Facebook where you have a feed and you can make a status and, you know all things like that, um, but it isn't like that right now. Um, but yeah, who knows how it's gotcha. gonna be long-term. Um, so then that's a step that I actually missed. First, we ask you your birthday, um, which I kind of talked about. And then we also ask you your zip code. So something people worry about, it's not location specific. It's like just your zip code. We don't like, and you share your location with the app, but it's like, we're not gonna tell someone your address, obviously or like where you are. Um, so it's just like your zip code. That brings um, up a security question, which is, um, which I think you probably addressed there. In other words, what safeguards are taken in place to, you know, uh, as far as security and privacy goes. So that, that, that explains at least a portion of it. Yeah. Uh, so the final step before we talk security is creating an avatar. And again, that's, I really wanted to make it fun and interactive, make it something that people want to come back and use, not so much words on a page. So the last step is you create an avatar that looks like yourself, a lot like a Bitmoji. If you have that on your phone, hair color, skin color, eye color, clothes, you can pick all that stuff. Um, And then you're good. You're in, you're signed up. And the last thing is you're going to have to sign terms and conditions. And that's one of the, oh boy, (laughs) that's one of the um, safety precautions we have in place. So you're going to have to sign terms and conditions. Then the first time you're logged in, there's a pop-up of safety tips, pretty much, of what users need to know. And that's um, not to give out their personal information. Never tell them your address. Um, If you ever feel threatened or insecure in any way, you have the opportunity to report a user. That's a big red button right in the chat. Um, So that's a pop-up right when you sign up so that the individual is going through what they should be doing. You have to accept that and then you're in. So then that's when you're going to see your suggested friend matches and you're going to be able to start using it. So you can scroll through. You're going to see the person's name, their gender, um, what their interests are, what their diagnosis are, and their little bitmoji thing. So then you could scroll through, decide who you want to chat with, and then start chatting. And then, as I spoke about before, in the chats, there's conversation prompts to help you make and keep conversation and the more you're using all these things, you're earning coins to use for your avatar. And then that's like the full circle. Um, and then back to the safety thing I just talked about, like I said, within the chat, you can report a user if you ever feel threatened or uncomfortable in any way. And then we're looking at that from the back end. So then we could pull up that conversation. 
see what's going on there, and then decide if we're going to warrant a warning or a ban or see what's going on. And it's worked really well for us um, up until this point, luckily. Wow. And, and you gave a two, like a, 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 there's a free trial component to this, correct? And then there's, but it's a paid subscription model, right? And I'm sure that you probably have, have gotten a lot of questions about this. You've done a ton of press. First of all, Juliana, I mean, for the fact that you've done this really on your own, you're a one man band. For those that don't know, I, I reached out to Juliana on social media and I was like, I was expecting it to, because of, because of the presence, I was expecting this to be a huge team. And I'm like, uh, can somebody get to Juliana? We'd like to talk to her. And she's like, I'm a one man, I'm a one man uh, army here, which is so amazing. Cause you've done, again, you have such great presence and, and you've done a lot of press. And I'm sure doing a lot of these conversations and, and, and the work that you've done, you've, you've, you've gone through m multiple iterations. I've, I've, I've worked in technology, I've worked in, you know, in wireless. So, so things like, free versus paid, things like uh, the security stuff as Sean was mentioning and, and, and Matt mentioned in the chat. Those are the kinds of things that you've had to deal with and you've made some very specific decisions about things. Do you wanna talk about that a little bit? I mean, I don't want you to have to feel like you have to defend yourself. I love what you're doing and I, I, I'm, I love your answer to why is this a, why is this a subscription-based model? Uh, but there's more to it than just that answer, but share with people why it's, why it's subscription-based. Yeah, so. Sorry, Sean, what was that? I was saying, yeah, and then how the subscription works because the sign up generally is free. And then there's, you know, a subscription fee after that. But Brian is right on it because that, that's another part of the conversation we want to talk about the business of adding value to the special needs community. Right. Um, so there is a free two weeks for every user. And for the first year when we were web based, it was a free service. Um, obviously, at that point, we were in beta. We were developing the app. We were kind of testing the waters, things like that. Um, and it was always the plan to change over to a subscription-based model when we put out the app. Um, but because of the fact that it was free for a year, people didn't take that very well, the fact that it did cost money when the app came out. Um, and again, I tried to make it very um, doable for most. And, you know, in my opinion, it really is doable for most. Um, it is $4.99 a month or $39.99 for the year with the two-week free trial. Um, and I, you know, there's a cup of coffee is more expensive than a whole month of a subscription for MAF. Um, so people come at me a lot about this, um, feeling very upset that they feel that I'm charging for friendship. Um, and it's actually something I posted about on social media like yesterday because someone came at me again for like the 19th time this week about having it cost money. And I just was like, okay, I need to address this. So I posted a quote from, I don't even remember who, that said, you can do something for the greater good as well as make a profitable business. Um, and that's really something I'm trying to accomplish because... Of course, I want to help people. Of course, it is my main goal to help people make friends and better the lives of individuals with special needs. Yes, that is my main goal. But I am not a nonprofit organization. I specifically chose not to be a nonprofit organization for an array of reasons, not just this reason. But I really feel very strongly about letting people know just that, that you can do something for the greater good and also have a good business model. Um, and make money ultimately because every business, even nonprofits, need money to obviously run and self-sustain. And in the business I'm in, aka app, um, 
I don't think people have any idea because I didn't until I was in, in the app business, how expensive it is. I have put uh, over $100,000 into this. Yeah. Um, and that is literally the bare minimum. Like that is like $0 in marketing costs, $0 in anything that businesses do regularly. Like that's pretty much just development and like the basics. Yeah. Um, and that's a lot of money. I mean, I'm not even 25 years old. Like that's a lot of money. Um, and people yeah. don't seem to understand that. And that's perfectly fine. But I want to educate them on the fact that in order for me to continue to do this and to continue to upkeep app development, upkeep all of this stuff, you know, it's just, it's what's necessary. And also like Bumble, like that's the point I made on my social media. Like I'm on dating apps. I pay for my dating apps and shouldn't love be free. Like that's people's arguments to me. Like shouldn't friendship be free? And while that might be true, love should also be free. But just because I'm paying Bumble or Hinge or whatever for a platform to meet someone and find love doesn't mean I'm paying for love. Like I am providing you with a platform to make friends and that is a service. And as a business, I can charge you for that service. And that's how business works. Well, and the other, the other, the flip side of that is, you know, there's, 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 there's only a, a very small number of, of business models as it relates to digital platforms, right? There's the subscription model or there's the, you know, per download model, or there's a trend, you know, transactional model as you go along or advertising. And, you know, the one thing that we all complain about, about digital is like, we don't like, you know, we don't like our devices listening into our conversations and then delivering ads to us in our faces, right? So in this particular case, especially when we're dealing with the special needs community, though, I think the last thing that we want is to have our, you know, our special needs families to be bombarded with, with advertising and stuff that's, you know, just, just coming at us, right? That's, so, so the alternative is, there has to be a, there has to be a, a model, and so what I think you've done is great. Not only do I think what you've done is great, but the fact that you have spent so much time exploring this like a real true business person, which I think is the thing that that Sean was getting to as well. You know that, that there's a fine line between you know to your to your point, the greater good and and being profitable. You can do both. It's okay to do both. In fact, I encourage it. Right, we encourage to do both. Initially, yes, you want to be able to find friendships, but but how many people are complaining about things like Facebook and and even now it's turned into now LinkedIn and every social media network that's that's theoretically free. There's a lot of stuff that that comes at us that's that's unwanted. We don't want to be a part of it. We want to segment the market to our you know a smaller number, and that's really what you're done. You've done with the you you started with the the end game, which is smaller communities, one to one connection. And then, you know, and, and charge for the app because it creates a bit of exclusivity. You know, you think twice about it, to your point. People who could go on a Bumble, for example, and do it for free, there's no skin in the game really, right? So there's no commitment of any kind. And so then you've got a little bit of a, a free wheel to that, right? What you've done is you're paying $4.99. It's not out, an outrageous amount of money. It's, you know, like to your point, it's a cup of coffee, price for a cup of coffee. But you know that if somebody's paying $5, there's a commitment to want to be a member of this community. And I think that you've done a, a really, really great job in doing that. You've made it, you've gamified it a bit by letting people earn coins. Um, so brilliant decisions. What, I know I'm just speaking for you. What a, so that, what my, a, I'm sorry, go ahead. I was just gonna ask, I was, I was gonna ask the question that funny, Matt Failer and I are on the same, We because he keeps saying that, asking the questions I'm about to ask, because which is, where's the, I know you've just launched. Where is it going? Where's it growing? Where's it going next? Um, I'll ask that, Sean, and I promise you I'll stop talking and let you ask more questions. I apologize. 
Um, yeah, so just also the other thing I forgot to mention about the price is another point is a lot of state budgets will cover this as well. Um, I know, like, I don't know how it is for under 21, but my brother is over 21. He has state funding and it can be covered under his budget as well as it can be covered under a lot of people's budgets. Um, Fantastic. But where we're going next, everyone keeps asking me this and I literally <laughs> don't know what to say. So I really need to start thinking about this like on my downtime. But um, that's the thing. I'm kind of at the crossroads now where I've worked for six years to get this app out and to get it to where it kind of is right now. Whereas we have, you know, users in all 50 states, we have users in 50 countries and we have all these people using it and that's amazing. And obviously I have to do, you know, upkeep and updates and all of that app stuff. Um, so obviously I'm busy doing that. But as for like where I want to go to the next step, you know, I have a lot of ideas in my head, but I haven't really sat down and tried to like, you know, hone in and say like, okay, this is what we're doing next. And I think it's a really big pivotal decision. I mean, I think obviously what I decide to do next, whether it's, you know, make it more of a social network where you can have statuses and blah, 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 or, you know, in my head, I'm always like, okay, maybe we'll do an aspect one day where it's like what Best Buddies does, where it's a neurotypical individual being able to go on there and connect with a special needs individual, I which I, I obviously am for being a neurotypical individual. But at the same time, I think the safety concerns are huge with that. Um, so obviously, as for any decision, there's a lot of pros and cons I need to weigh and I haven't yeah. sat down and like made a decision on what's next. Um, what's next for now is to continue doing what I'm doing. Hopefully continue to get more users, do interviews, get the word out, help more people. Um, and just, you know, as long as I'm helping people, that's the goal. That's the only goal. Um, and then and we're that's, what we, that's what we want to do too. That's why we wanted to have you here so we could talk about this, give you some exposure, but, but get people to, to, to utilize this this platform, because uh, again, I, I think what you're doing is amazing and it's a step and, it, and it's a step along an evolutionary process. So I promised I would stop talking so Sean could get a word in edgewise, but no, Sean. I had a, I had a, uh, I, uh, a comment and, uh, and a question as well. And the comment was, I think very commonly, well, just generally speaking, people get cost and value um, uh, confused, cost or, cost or price versus value and i don't realize that when something is free what you get for that is just you know it, it's very limited you know working in financial services having a portion of that business geared towards serving the special needs family you know uh, special needs community there's a certain amount of you know those things that we deal with as uh, as well but the truth of the matter is i think what somebody has to figure out is ask themselves you know 4.95 a month or the annual fee compare that cost against the value of getting out of the app, what it is that it's supposed to give. If you don't think that that fee justifies the immeasurable value that you would get out of that, then don't do it. And if you, and that's not who it's for, who it is right. for is for someone that sees that value. Brian was talking about um, uh, exposure. So I have, well, two questions. Well, one is just, you know, how many, how many subscribers do you have total right now, roughly? uh 3500 okay all right wow beautiful okay so then the next question is this you were featured in forbes magazine which is part of you know um what was brought to our attention that's not exactly every day you know we didn't we didn't find out about you because 
there was a story in the Kenny Bunkport press or something like that. That's, that, <laughs> that ain't what happened. So, you know, it takes some doing to do what you've, what you've done. And we, what we want to do is inspire people. Like a portion of what we do is we want to inspire people. You know, we don't want to just provide financial service and education and opportunity to people in the special needs community, which is what we do. If somebody wants to be the best dog catcher in the special needs community, we want to inspire them to do that as well, wherever the value is added. So tell us a bit about how that came about, because this is you. So you just may be used to it and it, it doesn't seem like it's all surreal to you. You just seem like you're so comfortable in your skin at a relatively young age that you're like, yeah, I was in Forbes. You know, and I just, I do what I do. This is what needs to be done. And that's the end of that. How did that come to be? Yeah. So it's like <laughs> crazy to me, like that I've been in Forbes. I've been on national television a dozen times. Uh, I've been in Entrepreneur Magazine. I have been in all these things that are insane. Um, and I don't like think about it. Like you said, like, yes, of course, it's an honor and a privilege. And I'm so blessed for those opportunities, 100%. But at the same time, um, yeah, I don't really think about it that much. And when I do, I'm like, oh, my God. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, like when I started this and I remember this day so vividly where I, you know, I was at that crossroads right in the beginning where I'm like, I have this idea. I know it's a good idea. I know I can help a lot of people, but can I imagine getting there? Like looking on my Instagram, the day, like right when I started it, I had five followers and I would look at these big accounts that had 10, 20,000. And I'm thinking in my head, like, oh my God, like, I'm never going to get there. Like, how am I ever going to get there? Like, how do you even do that? Um, and at the time, like, I just so vividly remember thinking this and I made a decision that day and I said, you know, I'm not going to get there if I don't try. And like, so these people started at nothing too. Like everyone starts at nothing. So that day I could have made the decision that it was too overwhelming, obviously, and not have done it and let my fear run that. But I decided to try and I decided, you know, everyone starts at nothing. And I just kind of started following people and doing all that, teaching myself how to build the Instagram. And that's really how it all started. And once I started getting positive feedback on the idea, it kind of fueled me, gave me the confidence to continue going, starting raising money. And it was just all so I'm in the dark ah. again. It was just all so overwhelming to me, obviously. Um, I was still in college, like, um, so yes, it was all extremely overwhelming, but you make the choice. Like you can sit there and wait for someone else to do it. You can sit there and let your fear run your life and say, oh, I'm just going to get a regular job, which is fine for some people, but I knew that's not what I wanted to do. So I just kind of took the dive. And um, again, how did I get on Forbes? Everyone always wants to know. I literally cold, cold called, that's, you know, not literally called, cold emailed a reporter of Forbes and pitch myself and said, this is what I do. This is what I offer. This is why you should care, which is something that a lot of people don't do when pitching themselves. You should tell them why they should care. I'm yeah. like, listen, this is a great story. People love it, but you should care because I am paving the way in my community, whatever, whatever, whatever. And this is why your readers are going to enjoy this. Um, and that's how I got in Forbes. That's how I got an entrepreneur magazine. And again, once you start getting some, you know, others come. Um, but at the same time, you just have to pitch yourself. And what's the worst that can happen? To this day, even with names like Forbes backing me, people don't answer me. You know, like I reach out to people and TV shows and this and that. And obviously, I don't get an answer on everything. But what's the worst that can happen? You got to just try. Um, and that's what I do. 
Yeah. What I like, what I like about that, and this is for someone else to take note, and I'm hearing this my I'm taking notes myself, which is that I wasn't there for the conversation. This is the second conversation of any kind that we've had. We spoke to you earlier in the week, but I get the sense that when you did that, even though you referred to it as pitching yourself, that you didn't pitch yourself, that by stating why they should be interested, what you really pitched is the purpose behind your drive and what it is you have to offer. You're not necessarily pitching yourself. You you get pitched. You're pitching yourself invariably as they realize what type of person you are, the person that's giving the message and everything. So that's something else to, to think about because I know for a fact, whether they're in the Virgin Islands listening on radio, on one of the many platforms that we're going to be on once this is up, or on Facebook Live, that there is some parent listening or caregiver who is not thinking about anything other than just getting through the day. And then there's some that are just desperately clinging to the um, the whether it's IHSS or whatever benefits it is that they receive because the challenge is so great. They can't think of creating any other stream of income. But then there's some that are like asking, how can I do that? How, you know, in terms of a, with, with a tone of possibility as opposed to a tone of despair. And that's why what you're offering is so um, invaluable. And for anyone that's listening out there, hopefully I'm getting your wheels turning a little bit and you haven't thought about it that way. And you start to, when you see what she's done, because that's, that's really the truth of the matter is entrepreneurship is what's going to save the country anyway. It's not a politician. And it's also what's going to save the special needs community as well. You know, um, our, our entire challenge is about teaching our kids to fish for themselves. You increase the amount of people that can fish for themselves. Well, you nourish more people mentally and otherwise. So now I'm on a soapbox, but anyway. No, I think, I mean, I, I, I agree with that. And I think it, I think it's fascinating, but just, just boiling it down to some of the basics. Parents are concerned about, you know, what happens to their child? Is their child going to graduate school? Are they going to have a job? Are they going to live independently? Are they going to, you know, all of those questions. And, and one of the questions that I think um, becomes very striking is are my is my child gonna have friends is my child what's my child's social life gonna be like as a young adult um, and what you've done is you've at least given them a tool to be able to facilitate that and 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 even if it's if the child can't generate it themselves necessarily for the family to be able to utilize the app as a way to connect with other families that are dealing with the same, some of the same issues I, I think is so valuable. What you've done again, really truly built a, a, a social network, uh, a real web, a true web of connecting people. So I know we're just complimenting you, but seriously, it's it's phenomenal. What you've done is, is amazing. Um, it's incredible. Thank you. Other thing, yeah, uh, if, 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 let me ask you this question. Your biggest challenge, two, two questions. We like to ask multiple questions to get you to answer multiple questions. One is what's been your most challenging thing. And then two, can you share with us without giving any identities, like a, a story of a connection that made you go, I'm on the right track. This is the right, I'm so glad I did this. You, can you share us with us anything like that? Yeah, uh, so I guess I'll answer this first. I have it right here. Oh God, in heaven! I just moved offices, so I'm a bit of a mess right now. But anyway, yeah. my um, light turns off, so you can't. You're no worse than my I light. I have manager. this, which is a tapestry of my favorite ever message I got. I'll read oh my it gosh! In a second. I didn't hang it up yet, but I'm gonna. 
Um, it says, hello, my name is blank. I am a young person with autism spectrum disorder. I have never had friends or been uh, able to make them. I didn't know people didn't want to be my friend. I would ask for friends, um, but they would laugh and walk away. Your app is very helpful because I am not good with saying words or saying the right ones. And when people talk to me, I get confused but the app makes me able to send messages and use the right words. I am very, very happy to be using it and would like to thank you so much. What you have done for people like Michael and myself is so beautiful. I don't have to be alone anymore. Thank you, Juliana. This app has changed my life in a lot of ways. My favorite movie of all time is Star Wars and I can see it on Tuesday with a friend thanks to MAF. How can you beat that? Oh my God. I know. So I have it literally on a tapestry that hangs on my wall. And like I said, I didn't hang it up yet, but I'm gonna. Um, so yeah, that's why I have it on tapestry because I get frustrated, I get upset, like everyone does, obviously. And this is so not easy. Like it is the furthest thing from easy. And I've gotten thicker skin now, but the first few years I was just like so beat up and so like, oh my God, like how do people do this? And it really is so difficult. And my dad tells me every time I get upset, he's like, Juliana, if it was easy, everyone would do it. And that's why people don't do it. And it's not easy, but I look at things like this and I think of things like this and I say, this is what makes it worthwhile. You know, the hard days are temporary. I'm just gonna keep pushing to better the lives of these individuals who in many cases have very little in their life that they look forward to and enriches their life in that way. Um, so yeah, that's amazing. Really is Juliana, amazing. we don't we don't get to choose our our parents, and at the very least, we generally will love them for bringing us into the world, right? Some of what you do and have and are is probably just something that is, but a lot of it has to come from the way you were raised. Tell us about your parents, about your family, about who you come from, because I always think that's a, that's a source of our superpowers too. Yes, they're the best. I'm trying to see. I have pictures all over the place, but <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> My family's the best. I'm obviously very close with them. Um, I'm just so thankful for, like, my situation. Like, although it brings us so much hardship, and it definitely does. And I don't want to sugarcoat it because it definitely does. Mm -hmm. um, and I feel like people see a lot of the good, and they're like, wow, like, this girl, like, you know. But there is a lot of bad. There is, obviously. Um, it's just brought us so close. Like, I am always been ridiculously close to my parents to the point where my friends are like, what do you mean you told your parents that? Like, I'm just so close to them. They know absolutely everything about my life. They're truly my best friends in the world. There's nothing I can't tell them. Um, but a lot of that comes from the fact that they've always included me in, like, making decisions for Michael, growing up literally from when I was, like, five years old, which is why I think I am the way I am in a lot of ways. I feel like I'm, like, 40 right now. And, you know, that makes things difficult for me sometimes because, like, relating to people my age is difficult and, like, dating people my age is difficult because of this because I literally feel like a 40-year-old. But um, I don't know. I just I feel like a mother and I just feel like, I don't know, I've just always been so included in all the decisions with Michael. And I'm so thankful for my parents for doing that for me. Um, it has truly given me, like, the greatest gifts. It has made me the best person I could possibly be. Yeah, you know, having Michael in my life has taught me patience and empathy and, you know, to just take every day as a gift and don't take things for granted. Um, but yeah, my parents have done an impeccable job raising us and, you know, I couldn't ask for anyone better. I'm very blessed. Wow. Beautiful. Wow. Beautiful. I have a, uh, 
I have a question. I usually ask this closer to the end, of the, a little closer. Is it, we are close to the end, so good we to ask the question. We are, we are close <laughs> to the end, but usually even we'll let people know the question is coming because for most people, it kind of throws them off. But some, something tells me you're an, you're an exception, no pressure. Um, but tell us one thing, one belief or thought that you held dear and swore by that you no longer believe in any way, shape, or form. That is a hard question. I'm like mind boggled right now. Something I swear by that I don't believe anymore. Yeah. Something you used to swear by that you now don't believe anymore. Right. That's so hard. Because when you were talking, I was like, I know what I'm going to say, but I still believe in the thing that I was going to say. Um, <laughs> what did I used to believe that I don't believe in anymore? I mean, I guess I talked about it a little. Um, but I used there was a time where I believed that my only option in life was to just graduate college, get a nine to five, you know, just live my life the way I'm supposed to. And that's the end of it. Um, mm -hmm. And then I don't know what changed because I never in my life thought of being an entrepreneur until literally my junior year of college. Um, but then this whole world of possibilities in my brain was open to the fact that I could create my own future and I can make my own success and I could kind of pave my own way and I don't have to like just get a nine to five because that's what you're supposed to do. I could do my own thing um, and make my own thing work. So I guess that's something that has changed through all this for sure. That's a perfect answer. That's that's if I could hope that you would give an answer that would inspire some people. That was it because Brian and I have talked about even where we have a, a show where we've talked a little bit about special needs and business and that kind of thing. But we, we, you know, we're putting together attempts to do that on a bigger scale, no matter what some, what someone's calling might be, but just so the idea is that, you know, everybody should have some chance to create their own destiny, especially if there's a way to help other people do that as well. And when you're a caregiver for someone with special needs, that kind of like, you know, destiny, this is where I am and that's all I can focus on. So it, it's easy to forget. So thank you for that. That was just completely perfect. That's exactly what I was hoping you'd say too. Well, as we say almost every episode, uh, when we've gone over 50 minutes and we're kind of winding down the hour, we're like, how did that happen so fast? Like we, it just, it fought time flies. And I think when we're, we're fascinated with the, the subject matter, it just seems to go even faster today, today, because you know, lights were going off, our sound quality is kind of all over the place. And it's kind of a, Hey, this is life, right? This is like live television, right? It's like live life. Um, I, Juliana, I'm so glad that we got a chance to spend a little bit of time with you. I, I, I know we're going to, our worlds are going to continue to collide. We have a bunch of folks that uh, are, are going to be interested in what you're doing. We're putting our website together for people to know, and we're going to put, you know, your stuff up on our, our side as well. And, and, and try to, you know, expand our, our, you know, promotion of what you're doing, because what you're doing is so, is so amazing. And I have a few ideas for you. I've been in the tech space. So I have a few ideas for you as you're thinking about the future, where you want this to go, where you want this to go next. I'll send you, I'll send you a few of those too. So I just, uh, first of all, I want to thank you for spending the time and, and, and thinking about, uh, uh, you know, I have a 25 year old as well. And so I just, I love this. I, I'm not your father, but I'm going to tell you, I'm proud of you. <laughs> so proud of the work that you're doing and, and the commitment you. that you've made. It's really incredible. And, um, you know, for all the people who are listening to us on various podcast outlets and, and on WSTX AM radio down in the U.S. Virgin Islands, and for those of you who are catching us live, either on Facebook or on our YouTube channel, 
Thank you for participating. Matt, thank you for your questions today. It's really phenomenal stuff. And for anybody who's tuned in, thank you for spending the time with us. Uh, now, you know, more than ever, right? We're willing to talk about empathy and love, which is really what you were sharing. Um, you, this was derived, your, your, your schoolmates, your classmates getting together and, and talking about inclusion on your school campus, that's about empathy and love. Putting this work together uh, to create a, an opportunity for people to connect, whether it's the individuals or their families, that's that's out of empathy and love, and and that's my that's that's always my 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 favorite thing that we do here is is share empathy and love, and so I want to thank you again for the time, and um, thank everybody for listening and for our families and friends who listen and and support us on a regular basis. Thank you. If you have any questions or comments or things that you'd like to hear us talk about in the future, we'd love to 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 get your feedback. So please share with us. Uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel, join us on Facebook and, uh, and, and hit making authentic friendships. Make sure that you go to that website, download the app on the app store um, or whether it's Google play or, or the app store and, uh, and, and take a look at this. This is, uh, this is incredible. Sean, do you want to sign us off uh, today? Yes. Yes. I'm glad you covered that because for those that are actually watching us, the website is in the, is in the, is, is on, the, on the screen and available. But Juliana, is there any other way that people can reach out to you if they want to follow you, support what you do that you want to share? Yeah. So definitely on any social media at making authentic friendships, I'm super active on all that. So, you know, message me if you want to talk and yeah, if you're on the East coast, my golf outings in a few weeks. So that's a great way to get involved. Um, but yeah, other than that, Fantastic. Fantastic. And I know that we are going to be working together in the future. We have some, some great ideas and some things coming up. And so for everyone that's watching, uh, we want to thank you for taking the time to tune in. Uh, for everyone, remember that, uh, you know, like we say, there isn't anything such a thing as really special needs. Everyone has the same need. Everyone needs to know that they're, that they're seen. Everyone needs to know that they're heard. Everyone needs to know that they count. People with a diagnosis or a disability or those caring for them just simply need that. Maybe just a little bit more because it's easy to get forgotten. And... Um, I want to thank the women in my life. I want to thank my uh, my mom, Jan, and my wife, Laura. I couldn't begin to attempt to be who I strive to be without them. Um, and if you're um, watching us again, uh, we thank you. We love you. And we'll uh, see you next week. Thank you so, so very much. Juliana, thank you. So great. Thank you guys so much. So, so, so amazing. Thank you, everybody. We'll see you again soon on Just Do Dads. <laughs>